0: Well, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to you all. My name is Chris, and I'm joined, obviously, you met Ron already. That's Devin Tharp over there, our family ministries pastor. Hi, Devin. Looking dapper today.
1: Yeah, looking good. We should have worn the same shirt, then we We could have been twins. Well,
0: yeah, we could have coordinated a little bit better. Well, we are so grateful to have the opportunity to join you all today as we continue in this series called Wishlist. And just so you all know, there's been a... A fairly sizable program change today. Um, That's probably one way to put it. Um, Well, first of all, our pastor Talbot Davis, he is in Texas officiating a wedding for his 80-year-old sister. Just think about that for just a second. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I heard he was partying and hanging out at the reception with his 106-year-old mother. (laughs) And uh, I heard something about uh, Cupid Shuffle electric slide, I'm sure. (laughs) Sure, there was a lot of coordination going on there, yes. Um, No, but he's on his way back from that. We're really excited. But. This morning, we were supposed to be receiving a message today from our very own Chris Thayer, who is our discipleship pastor, our pastor of discipleship. And uh, we were all really excited for what he had to share, and he worked so hard on it. And yesterday morning, we found out that he is under the weather. He's sick, so he's not doing well. Um, So he's got at home. He's got a bad case of the man flu. It is just really kicking his butt. Um, You know, it's a serious disease, people. It's... (laughs) It afflicts countless men every single year. um, To which my wife often will say, you're being such a baby. And I'm like, have you ever had man flu? (laughs) Exactly. So, um... Anyway, so the three of us got together on a Zoom call, and we thought, you know what? The Lord has been putting a message in our hearts for years. We've been followers of Jesus for a long time, and God has done a lot of work in our lives. And uh, so we sat down, put our our, uh, collective minds together, and we thought, you know what? This season of Christmas, what's so cool is we said if we had something we could put on our wish list, it's that you all would embrace the message of Advent as a community. And this morning, we started off Advent. We are in week three of Advent, where we are celebrating and remembering joy. And so we thought, how important would it be for us during a season like this, especially in Christmas, which I think is probably one of the more tricky parts of Advent, is joy. You know, it's just, it's hard for a lot of us to really accept and embrace. And so I thought, well, let's just have a conversation about that. And I thought we could kick off our conversation about joy by just saying, when was a time in your life that you experienced just absolute joy?
1: It's pretty easy for me. Uh, I I think about the moment when my kids were born. Uh, I was there in the room, and just that moment, you're waiting in anticipation for months. You finally get to meet them, and those first few hours, I just held my kids, and I love holding little ones, and I just held them and looked at them and just literally overwhelmed with joy. Uh, and just wowed and amazed that, that God would allow me to be a father uh, and that I got to meet them and spend those moments with them. Now, since those moments, my kids have brought a lot more than just joy to my life. Um, that's for another conversation. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely the moment my kids were born, just overwhelmed with, with joy.
0: That's awesome. How about you, Ron?
2: Uh, for me, when I see people exercise their faith, It brings my heart joy. Two weeks ago, during the 1030 service, um, one of our members kind of collapsed right down here. But the Lord kept telling me to look around and the way that the congregation responded by coming up, uh, rendering aid, and then others. It's like the whole community stretched out their hands and began to pray for the person. So that collective care that was extended from the heart of God through these vessels of clay onto someone, letting them know that how much that they're loved and appreciated. So when I see faith is more than just an idea, but it's the application of what you know and a trust in the Lord, that gets something uh, wells up in me when I see that. So I get, I get really excited about that. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. I probably echo the same thing as my kids. You know, it's like you—I probably—I grew up my entire—I was one of those weird guys that actually, like, grew up, you know, dreaming of being a dad someday. You know, I was, like, a kid going, like, I look forward to being a dad, you know, and having kids. And I thought, you know, I, I just thought—and when, when it happened, it was. It was just that unspeakable joy um, of just this culmination. Now, my wife experienced a different kind of joy when it was over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It was like, thank the Lord. Um, and then the real fun begins, yes. Um, but I think also it, it was that time in my life when both of my kids— um, decided to go public with their faith by getting baptized. You know, and seeing my kids get baptized in the service. And, you know, I know baptism isn't like the end. You've achieved it, parents. You're done. The work is finished. Uh, but it was still that great moment of just knowing that um, my children were making a decision that was based on eternity. And the idea of them being able to say yes to Jesus for the rest of their lives, I think is a pretty cool thing for sure. Um, so when was a time in your life that was, that, well, when is joy difficult? Maybe time in your life or maybe just in general, when is joy difficult? Well, uh, joy is difficult for
2: me when I experience disappointment. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I went to see my endocrinologist hoping that my, my uh, A1C had gotten better. And he said, no matter what you tell me, Ron, I'm going to take your blood and the blood doesn't lie. So I, after, I, I just kind of zipped it up at that point. <laughs> he took my blood, he came back and it was higher than it was the last time. And then he began to chastise me. And he asked me a question that on the the outside, I tried to appear like everything was okay, but on the inside, I literally sank to the floor. He asked me, he said, are you serious about your health? And right in those moments, I felt disappointment, I felt guilt and I felt shame but as I left out of there the Lord tell you how good God is the Lord had me run into some uh, to a pastor friend and he he I began to share like it was on my heart so I shared with him and he stopped me mid sentence he said brother I'm looking into your eyes and that's not from the Lord you can be disappointed He said, you're right, the blood doesn't lie. And let me tell you about the blood of Jesus. It wipes away your guilt. It wipes away the stain. So don't let that, what he just said doesn't define you. So celebrate the good things that God is doing in your life. And yes, you'll jump in there and you'll work hard. The Lord will bring those numbers down. But don't let shame and don't let guilt weigh you down. Because because of the blood of Jesus, we get a new start. Yeah. We get a fresh do-over. And all of a sudden, joy began to well up in my heart. And I began to say like a Psalm 42, 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why is my soul disquieting within me? Hope thou in God. And that's what I began to do. And he reminded me to do that. So even in disappointment, I can have joy. Amen. Thanks for coming, everybody.
0: Yeah. We got a sermon. A sermon. <laughs> yep. We'll see y'all. Y'all have a good. <laughs> get out of here. You got to preach it, Brother Ron. Preach it. It was good. It was so good. What about you, Devin?
1: Uh, for me, I was thinking about that question, and immediately, we're going to keep it re- really real here this morning. I was thinking about a moment two weeks ago, and we were decorating the Christmas tree. And my family, we've got a lot of traditions, I'm sure, like you all, uh, during this season. And we were decorating the tree together, and we get a real tree. We put lights on it. And I can have so much joy about these moments when I get to be with my kids decorating the tree, but then I have to put the Christmas lights, the, t- the lights on the tree. And every ounce of joy seems to just drain out of my body. I'm like, why? We It's amazing the technology we have today, but we can't figure out how to make lights on a tree work consistently. You can get a pre-lit tree, but you know the moment that, it's pre-lit, yeah. it's not going to be doesn't lit It doesn't work. It doesn't yep. work. And uh, so in that moment, I was getting frustrated about these lights, and I just took a moment away. And uh, God, God, you know, He's so good. In that moment, He convicted of me, and He made me realize, I need to zoom out. I need to reframe. I need to look at what is happening in in my life right in front of me. I've got my beautiful wife. I've got my kids that I adore. I'm doing something that I absolutely love, and I'm celebrating Jesus coming from heaven to earth and we're doing that together as a family, and I'm letting little strings of incandescent bulbs steal my joy. And, and God really said to me, how dare you allow this moment to be robbed of the joy that you could have? And um, I, it was also a reminder that the enemy, he is out to steal our joy. He would love to take it, especially in a season when we are to be joyful to the Lord and sing of joy and sing of praise to him, and yet the enemy would love to steal our joy. And, and so God convicted me and I had to apologize to my family and and say, okay, son, you can take over with the lights and I'll just see, see you when we're
0: all done. Yep, <laughs> Same thing happened to me, except God's still working on me. I haven't quite arrived yet. Um, well, Ron is used to disappointment. He's a Redskins fan, so joy has always been hard. Oh, there we go. I knew, always. I
2: knew that always was Always been
0: hard. Oh, man. I'll be dirty like that. That's cool. That's cool. I thought you were going to say that when you said, oh, joy, sometimes is hard because I'm a Redskins fan. I was like, I know. I know. That 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 would be the state of the Cowboy fans today when oh, they play okay, us. okay, yeah. We're just yes. throwing them out there. Just throwing yes. them out there. Hey, man. I'm just saying, but keep going. No, but I, you know, it's funny. I've got two. Well, one was a football story. I was thinking about that. My goodness, that. Auburn Alabama game two weeks ago and just like watching the game and seeing the joy inside of that stadium as Auburn was like we did it we overcame we slayed the dragon you know and they were probably like moments away from rushing the field and then yoink, gone just completely taken away all the wind taken out of their cell and just watch the joy completely leave a stadium full of that many people I mean just absolutely devastating for those fans um, but the one I, the thing that seriously that came up. I was just thinking about this weekend and those tor- that gigantic, massive bunch of tor- tornadoes that went through, uh, um, all the way up through Arkansas, up into Illinois, and just, just heartbreaking. And I think about the folks right now that, you know, the number of people, there were a lot of people that died, but just countless people who lost so much. And their Christmas was literally ripped from their homes. Literally ripped from their homes. And I wonder sometimes, what's joy like for them? Like, joy's got to be so hard for people who were preparing for this wonderful, joyful time, and then just to have something. I mean, who who do you blame? What do you blame? There's nothing to blame. It's just terrible. It's awful. So sometimes joy is hard. Sometimes joy is really difficult. But we also know that joy is important because Paul later on in one of his epistles will talk about the fruit of the spirits. And one of the fruit of the spirit, one of the fruits of the spirit is joy. So joy is an essential part of our walk with the Lord. So I was curious, gentlemen, if you would mind sharing, what have you learned about joy? Um, what do you, uh, through the scriptures or through your own personal experiences and, and what the Lord is teaching you about joy?
1: Uh, I think one thing is that we, we oftentimes attribute happiness and joy as the same thing. And I've learned that happiness and joy are, are different. Happiness is all about circumstances. You know, I got a new car, I love my new car. And now I'm not happy because my new car is in the shop. You know, happiness kind of ebbs and flows. But joy is saying, praise God, I get to own a car. It's like joy is is something that's constant. It's consistent. And it reminded me, um, open my Bible here. reminded me of a verse I wanted to read you all in in John chapter
0: 15. I think we'll have that one up there.
1: John 15 and verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's a great reminder to me that joy cannot be produced by me. I mean, none of us can, can just choose to say, well, I'm going to produce some more joy in my life right now. Joy is something that's produced in us. God enables us to have joy because he's the one who's ultimately giving us joy, it's funneled through us. And so in order to do that, we got to remain in him. And y'all have been a part of Good Shepherd. If you've been a part of uh, of our church for a long time, you've heard us say it over and over again, that we're about inviting all people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And it might sound like we just say that, but we really mean that. Uh, We need a living relationship with Jesus because he is alive and he is flowing in us and he's allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in and through us each and every day when we invite him in, when we remain connected to him as the vine, as the source of joy. And so, I think about remaining connected to him so he can continue to produce joy in me. And that takes time. We don't we don't become joyful overnight. Like, joy happens over a long so period true. of time. And he continues to pr- produce that in us. So, that's one one thought.
0: So, I love that. And I love the continuation of of that thought that Jesus, this is the words of Jesus talking to his disciples. And um, as he continues to talk in John chapter 15, you know, joy is also something that isn't something that we derive ourselves. It's something that comes from the Lord. But joy is also not about me. You know, and I want to read to you all what, uh, this is uh, John 15, starting in verse 10. And we'll have that up on the screen too. And it says, if you keep my commands This is Jesus, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Next verse. I have told you this so that my joy, this is Jesus, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Okay, so Jesus is saying, I've obeyed what my father has told me to do and I want you to do the same. And if you'll do that, then joy, my joy will be made complete in you. Go on to the next verse. My command is this. So here comes the command. Love each other as I have loved you. Next verse. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. I think sometimes the reason that joy is so difficult is because we're a little too focused on ourselves. And I know that for, my, for in my life, those times, especially around Christmas, where sometimes joy is really difficult for some folks. And I know some of us deal with chronic depression. And if that's you, you know we love you and we're here for you and we're praying for you and we know that that is just a hard road to be on. But all of us get down just a little bit from time to time. And I have found that during Christmas, what I love about Good Shepherd is we get into the Christmas season and we double down on this. And we open up the wall, we open up the doors of this church and we invite in our neighbors, the room in the inn, and we welcome in people our neighbors who are dealing with homelessness. And when every time if I'm dealing with those times where I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed and joy is a little difficult, when I find myself inside the building meeting face-to-face and serving other people, it's amazing how joy starts to creep into your soul. And then all of a sudden you start to feel the commands, the love, the, the, the acceptance of Christ working and moving through you and you start to experience real joy. Because I believe real joy is made complete when we get the focus off of me And start looking about at the people around us. And when we do that, well, you put a big old smile on the face of our Lord, and you can feel the joy of him working through you.
2: Amen. And uh, not a football reference, but I do feel um, when I watch you and other worship leaders on stage on a Sunday morning, you move with such liberty because of your living relationship with the Lord. And joy can be contagious. I see that, I live into that, God, I want to be, I want part of that, yeah. the joy of knowing Jesus, so thank you, and uh, Devin, the way that you serve and, and live, it, it, it brings joy, it brings joy t- to my heart, I don't know if we say that enough, or I, I should own it myself, if I say that enough, um, to you and to others. Uh, when I think of joy, there's a passage in F- Philippians chapter four, I think we'll, have it up there, and I'm reminded of this that Paul says in his final exhortations to the church at, at Philippi, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. It reminds me because of Paul's circumstances. See, joy isn't conditional and it's not circumstantial. He told them to rejoice, and he did rejoice even though he was in prison, yeah. even though people were out to kill him. They were literally seeking to destroy him, even though there were believers. He mentioned two women, prominent women in the church that were fighting with one another, bickering. But through it all, he, he, he understood that God was still at work. His purposes were still prevailing. So the The reality that the Lord is near, that my spirit can find peace and rest knowing that God is here, no matter what we're facing, because the biggest enemy of joy or thief of joy is worry. That's why he continues on and says, be anxious for nothing but by everything through prayer, supplication, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the very peace of God, which passeth all your comprehension, will guard two vital areas, your heart, where your feelings emanate, and your mind, where your thoughts, he'll guard it through Christ Jesus. I was reminded of this. I was talking to, uh, this past week, to one of our leaders of cancer companions, who well, she herself is dealing with a rare form of cancer. I was calling and we we're getting ready to pray. And like most times, I'm trying to listen and ask the Lord, God, how, how do we encourage like right now? What do you say? I don't, I don't have the words to say. And she said to me, she says, you know, Ron, every day I choose joy the joy over of Jesus, of my relationship with Jesus, the reality of his resurrection, the reality of his character, because I'm not gonna let circumstances, I'm not gonna let my condition rule over my life. But as I live my life, I'm gonna choose to stay focused with Jesus. I'm gonna be more preoccupied with him than I'm gonna be preoccupied with my problem or my cancer. And I said, that is so beautiful. And it was, even though we're talking on the phone, I could, it's almost like I could smell this aroma, this sweet fragrance emanating from her testimony about Jesus that filled my heart and my mind. It was just beautiful and could have joy in that.
0: Amen. Amen. That's awesome, Ron. I love that idea of choosing joy. I I think it's an attitude. It's like if we wait around all the time going like, I'm just going to wait for God to do this in my life. I, I think somehow that's one of the quickest ways to lose joy in your life is waiting for God to do something. Now, I'm not saying that it's not difficult trials make it more challenging, but I still think there's an attitude and a posture that we can take when it comes to our life in prayer or whatever else it might be, that we are hungering, thirsting, and waiting on the Lord, but we 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 know that He wants to produce joy in our lives. Amen. Like we know it's there. You you mentioned a passage of scripture that even something I was trying to think of. Like, what are some ways that we can um, reinforce this idea of choosing joy? And you have a passage of scripture that you learned that you yeah, memorized. one as a kid. that I memorized
1: as a kid. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. It says, uh, "A cheerful heart is good medicine." but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And I always love that verse because it's a reminder that when we're filled with joy, when we allow the joy of the Lord to really reign in our lives, that we can make a difference and allow that joy to spill over to others. And joy is good medicine. It's good for us. It's good for other people. And Ron, you said this. I 100% agree. Joy is contagious. That's part of the reason why God gave us that characteristic, because our lives, as followers of Jesus, are here to represent him, to bring glory and honor to his name, and to share our faith with others. And we can do that naturally through exceeding joy and allowing that joy to, to flow through our lives and point back to the joy giver. Right. Amen. That's really
0: good. So, we sometimes I, I was thinking about there's another passage of scripture I was going to share with you all from James chapter 1. And James is such a challenging. Um, a challenging book in the, in the, in the Bible. It, that letter is just incredibly, the, even it starts off like just absolutely giving you a wallet, like right out the, out the gate. Um, but if you start off in James um, chapter one, and we'll look at verse two and three, and it'll be up there on the screen. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Uh, it, consider it pure joy. That's another way of saying choose joy. Like consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I think when we read that we initially go eh, I don't know. I don't know if I've that sounds nice but I don't really feel like considering it pure joy when I find out my A1c is too high. I, I, when I find out that my house has been ripped or torn off of its foundations Um, whenever I find out that I had that cancer diagnosis, whenever I find out that my marriage is falling apart or that my children who I watch baptize are now giving me lip because they won't do the dishes in a timely fashion. I'm I'm having a hard time considering it pure joy right now, Lord, but yet there's a command to do so. And so then I'm sitting here in my hole going, why in the world Should I consider it pure joy? It seems like it'd be a lot easier just to complain about it for a little bit. And maybe there's a time and a place for that. But then I love as you you kind of skim down through um, James and you keep reading and you get to this next verse, verse 12. And it says this, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The reason it's worth going through those trials and considering it pure joy is because it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know how else to share it, but it's it's worth it. Because at the end of our lives, the king, the God of the universe, who laid the foundations of the earth, who created everything, who sends his son into the world, who suffers, dies, rises from the dead, That God, at the end of it all, is going to put a crown of life on your head.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Now, I know that, I was like, I kind of want something now. I don't, there's no guarantees. Like, I think that's the hard thing about joy is it's like, hey, I know that joy comes in the morning. It does sometimes, maybe by the afternoon, (laughs) afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) next week, next year. I mean, there's countless stories of people enduring all kinds of trials, and it's not good the next morning. And sometimes it's almost never good, and sometimes people still die. But in the end, when we meet our Savior face-to-face, we can count on this. It will be worth it. Yes. Anything you guys want to add, add to that? Well, I think
2: uh, something that the Lord has given all of us because his interaction with us he is a present reality. He's your constant companion. He's doing things that sometimes nobody else knows. So it's important that we share the joy. That's right. It's important that we use the tool of the testimony. That's right. It's important that we share the great things that God is doing in our lives to so that people can see, hear, and know that God is alive, yep. that he's able, that he cares, that he's concerned. And the way that we can give a platform For them to be able to understand his ever-present, his ever-presence there, is by sharing about Jesus. Talk of the good things that he's doing. Because sometimes we only get preoccupied with that which is going wrong. And we never get around to sharing with boldness and confidence the joy of knowing Jesus and the things that he's done. Even though we're going through problems, he has lifted us above it. He's brought us through it. He, he's with us. And sometimes when things are difficult, he just shows up in that joy. Even in sorrow, there can be joy. I can tell you many a times where I've been in tears, but God showed up. He lifted my heart up. And there's something about communion, with, communing with him. In those moments that those tears turn to tears of joy, shouts of victory, hallelujahs in the car. I know some people might drive by. What is the heck is wrong with him? I almost said something else. That's joy. But what the heck is going on with him? But yeah, that's joy. That's joy. But testifying about what God is doing in your life. Don't keep quiet. Tell somebody. They need to know about the joy that we have of
0: knowing Jesus. That's beautiful, Ron. Thank you for sharing that, absolutely. Well, anything else you wanted to share at this time?
1: I'm just gonna wrap us up. With well, yeah,
0: well thank you so much for guys for being on a Zoom call with me yesterday. Amen. And, you know, getting up here. Would you let my brothers in Christ know how much you appreciate them? Yeah. And- um, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to have Devin close us off and uh, he's going to close this with some prayer um, and then we're going to sing together. And as we sing this song to close out the service, just choose joy, consider it pure joy. Yep. Thanks guys. Let's pray together.
1: Heavenly Father, we, we want to represent you well, Lord, especially during this season that's all about you. Lord, it's so easy for us in moments of self-centeredness to make it all about us. So God, we pray that you would enable us during these moments to see you for who you really are. And Lord, as we connect to you, as we stay connected to the vine, that you would be the source of love and joy and peace and patience and all those characteristics we so desperately need, produce those in us. And Lord, we ask that you do that not just for us, but for others. Because others need to see the joy that we have. They need to be pointed to your son. They need to know that he is alive, he is well, he is changing hearts. And he's open to allowing them to come to him. Forgiving their sin, offering grace, and changing their life. God, use us to do just that in the lives of others. Help us, Lord, to choose joy, to represent you well. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.